Welcome back to Heroes of the Faith, a show where we are inspired by the lives of the saints so that we can become saints ourselves. I am your host, Isaac Longworth, and I have a question for you. If I was to ask you, who is the most famous Irish saint? Who would be at the top of your list? You're probably thinking to yourself, well, St. Patrick, obviously. And you'd be right. When you think of Irish saints, St. Patrick is nearly always at the top of people's lists. But St. Patrick wasn't actually Irish. He was a missionary to Ireland from another country. And I was this past St. Patrick's Day talking with a friend of mine, and he was saying that he loves St. Patrick, he loves all the work that he did, but he says it's a shame that St. Patrick is known by everyone, but all of the great Irish saints who were actually born in Ireland, no one even knows who they are. And I said, that's a good point. And he said, like, think about St. Bridget of Ireland, for instance. Now, I didn't know too much about St. Bridget of Ireland. And so I looked up more about her life, and she is the saint that the show is going to be about today. And trust me, when you get to know St. Bridget of Ireland, you'll see why she deserves to be just as famous as St. Patrick is, because she was born in Ireland and had a huge role to play in bringing Christianity throughout her home country. Now, Bridget was born in Ireland in the year 451, and she was born to a slave woman named Bracca. Now, her mom, Bracca, was the slave of a powerful Irish chieftain, a man who led one of the local Irish tribes. And as his slave, Bracca was quite literally treated as the property of her master. She wasn't viewed as a fellow human being worthy of dignity. No, she was treated literally like livestock. And he could do with her whatever he wanted. She belonged to him. He owned her. And so as a result, Bracca was used by him and became pregnant with his child. Now, when the chieftain's wife discovered that her husband had gotten one of his slaves pregnant, she was very upset. She was very jealous of Bracca, and she demanded that her husband sell Bracca to a different household, which he did. And so Bracca was sold away to a new master. And now belonging to him, Bracca gave birth to a little girl named Bridget, the daughter of her former master. And so Bridget was born into slavery, born into slavery belonging to this new master of this new household. Now at the time when Bridget was born, Ireland was still a pagan country. A pagan country whose people worshipped many different gods and goddesses of many different things. Gods of war and crops and weather and the ocean. And their religion was actually a very cruel one. It was a very dark and evil religion. Because the Irish magicians, who were called druids, led the people in worship of these false gods and led them in offering sacrifice to the gods. One of the core elements of this Druid Irish religion was sacrifice. And the Druids would sacrifice both animals and humans to the gods as a way of earning their protection, of appeasing them, of receiving blessings from these false gods. And so the Druids would take their human victims and, and would throw them into swamps for them to drown to the gods of that area. They would, they would torture them to death. They would burn them alive. 
And sometimes the Druids would even lead the Irish people in cannibalizing the victims who had been offered to the gods after they had been sacrificed. However, when St. Patrick, who we mentioned earlier in this show and who we've done a previous show on, when St. Patrick and his missionary team landed in Ireland, they had begun to teach the Irish about the one true God. They told them that their false gods were not true gods, that there was only one God, and this true God didn't require human sacrifice. He wasn't a God who craved human blood as the Irish believed, but rather... This God, the God of the Christians, had actually sacrificed himself for human beings by coming down in the person of Jesus to die on the cross. And many of the Irish, when they heard the preaching of St. Patrick, turned away from their dark pagan religion, turned away from their Druids, and actually became Christians and were baptized. And one of those people was Bracca. Bracca, as a slave woman, heard the preaching of Patrick, and she was convicted. She realized that this God of the Christians was different than the gods that she had grown up worshiping. And so she became a Christian, along with her daughter, little Bridget, and they were baptized. And so growing up, Bridget learned all about the faith from her mother. And she developed a real love for God. She had a really prayerful heart, even from the time of being a young child. And she had a very tender soul. She hated to see the suffering of others when she saw beggars and poor people in the streets. Even though she was a slave, she pitied those who didn't have enough to eat. And she would often give away her own food and clothing to others without thinking of the consequences, without thinking if she would have enough left over. In fact, sometimes this got her into trouble, like when one time she gave away all of the store of butter that was in the house, and she was going to get in a lot of trouble from her master for giving away his butter to the poor. And so little Bridget, trusting in God, trusting in Jesus who she had learned about, the same Jesus who had multiplied food when he was here on earth, she prayed that he would do it again. And the butter in the house actually multiplied so that there was enough for the household and she wasn't punished for giving it away to beggars. So already from a young age, she was showing a deep love for God and even an ability to work miracles. That's how closely in union she was with him. That's how much she trusted him to take care of all of her needs. And when Bridget was only 10 years old, She was separated from her mother and sent back to her father's house. Which you can imagine just how traumatizing that must have been for a little 10-year-old girl to be taken away from her only family member that she knows, her own mother, and sent back to her father who has ignored her for 10 years and who sold her own mother into slavery. And so the reason she was sent back to her father is because even though he had sold Bracca, He still had legal rights to Bridget as his daughter, but also as his slave. And so she was sent back to his house and she began to serve the household there. But even there, she continued to show charity to the poor of that region. She continued to give away things indiscriminately to every poor beggar who knocked on her father's door. And this really irritated her father because she was giving away his stuff. 
And he wasn't a Christian. He didn't understand why she cared so much for the poor. He didn't care for the poor. He only cared for himself. And so he decided that the best thing to do would be to sell her, to sell her again in one of the larger towns. And so he took Bridget with him to one of the towns. And while he was there, he visited the local lord of that town. And while he was in conversation with him, while he was talking, Bridget gave away her father's sword to a poor beggar so that he could barter it away for money in order to provide food for his family. Now, when her father learned that his half-daughter, half-slave had taken his sword and given it away to a beggar, he was furious. He was so angry. He was about to punish her. But the Irish lord, who was a Christian actually, saw how holy this young girl was saw that Bridget was willing to serve the poor out of love for God without any fear of being punished. And this Lord knew that there was something about this girl. And so he convinced her father to set her free, either by outranking her father or by offering ransom money to ransom her from slavery so that she could be freed. Now Bridget was a free woman. She could go where she wanted to go. She could live her own life. She was a slave no longer. And yet her selfish and greedy father wasn't done with her yet. Even though she was no longer his slave, she was still his daughter. And so he tried to use that authority over her as her father to try to force her into getting married to some rich Irish chieftain in order to build the strength of his family, in order to increase his own wealth. But now that she was a free woman, Bridget refused. She refused to cave in because she wanted to give her life over to God. She wanted to spend her life praying and working for the further spread of Christianity in Ireland. And so as a free woman, she made her choice and left. Now, St. Patrick, in his Christianization of Ireland, had established monasteries for men all over the country. And these monasteries served as centers of evangelization, centers of spreading the Christian faith, centers of teaching people about Jesus to all the Irish who lived around the monasteries. And Bridget wanted to do something similar. She wanted to start the exact same monastery style of life, but for women. And so she gathered together Irish Christian women who wanted to give their life to God, who wanted to serve the poor, who wanted to spread the gospel of Jesus to their fellow countrymen. And together, Bridget founded with them a community of nuns. And these nuns lived together and prayed together. And their whole goal was to become holy. They grew in their friendship with God together. They leaned on each other as a community striving to become saints. But these nuns didn't spend all of their time in prayer. They had time for some hobbies. In fact, Bridget was a very talented brewer. She became known in the area, her and her sisters, for making excellent batches of really good beer. Now, at this time in history, beer was much more essential than it is now because in that time, many of the water sources close to towns like rivers and streams, would become polluted by the inhabitants of the town to such a point where drinking it was actually dangerous. It could lead to people getting sick or even worse, dying. 
And so beer was a drink that was a lot safer. Once it was brewed, it provided uh, a germ-free alternative to water. And sometimes it was even used as a meal replacement. Think of those kinds of beers that make you feel really full after drinking just one. Well, that was the kind of beer that Bridget and her sisters were brewing. Really thick, dark beer. Now, one day, Bridget heard of an emergency. A true emergency because there was a group of people nearby that had run out of beer. There was no beer for them to drink. And so with no time to lose, Bridget dropped what she was doing. She left her monastery to go and visit them. And she worked a great miracle for them. She prayed over the water that they had and miraculously changed it into beer. Again, she's living life imitating Jesus. Jesus once changed water into wine at a wedding when they had run out of wine. Well, here was Bridget going to this place, this town where they hadn't had enough beer. They had run out and she changed water into beer. So don't let anyone tell you that saints are boring, that it's boring to be a Catholic because Bridget proves that wrong. She made water into beer and apparently from the reports from the time, the townspeople said it was pretty good beer. The miraculous beer was actually tasty. And so miracles began happening wherever she went. She became known as a holy woman who could heal the sick just by praying for them or blessing them with the sign of the cross. And Bridget wasn't just a good brewer. She also had another hobby. She was a very skilled artist. She spent many hours illuminating Bibles. At the time, illumination was a form of artwork where you would take one page of the Bible and you would draw around the letters with colorful designs and you would um, draw scenes from the scriptures in and amongst the words so that as you were reading, you would also be seeing pictures and colors to keep your eyes focused on the page. And Bridget was a beautiful artist, a beautiful painter. As she drew the letters and images for the Bible, she was praying with the scriptures that she was decorating. And she was imagining the scenes from the Bible that she was drawing, pouring her heart into her labor, pouring her creative artistic skills into worship of God and receiving a lot of joy from it. And she was so good at art that she and her sisters opened up an art school where they invited both pagans and Christians to come and learn different crafts and different trades. And she continued to be just as generous as she was as when she was a child. She still, as an adult, gave away as many of her own food and supplies that she could to any beggar who came knocking at her door. And she even still continued to give away other people's things. She had a complete lack of care for worldly goods. She just wanted to take care of the poor. Once one of the benefactors of the monastery brought the sisters a basket of apples for them to eat. And Bridget, before any of the other sisters could eat any of them, gave them all away to the poor. And the rich woman who had dropped off the apples was angry at Bridget. And she came storming into the monastery and she said, look, Bridget, I know you're supposed to be this holy woman and all, but I brought those apples for you to eat, not for you to go giving them away to some beggar that walks by. And Bridget's reply was so simple and yet so profound. She said, whatever is mine is theirs. She identified with the poor. She knew what it was like to be treated 
as less than human, less than the dignity that she deserved. She was born as a slave. She knew what it was like. And so she had a heart for people that were on the margins of society. And she wasn't afraid to step out and give them what they needed, even if that risked the anger or the misunderstanding of others. Bridget and her sisters also used their monastery as a place to teach people about Jesus. The Irish were attracted to these loving and generous and joyful women, and they wanted to know more about the God who these women professed to serve. Or at the very least, they just wanted to try some of Bridget's beer. But whatever the reason, they were coming through the door and they were hearing from these sisters about the one true God of the Christians. That this God was a God of love. That he wasn't a deity that was demanding or vengeful or cruel. He wasn't a God that needed to be appeased by the blood of human sacrifice. Rather, Bridget told them about a God who actually became a man, who stepped into his own creation in order to be sacrificed for us, in order to die for us, in order to shed his blood for us. And she told these Irish pagans who came to learn from her, she said that we don't need to be slaves to the false idols of darkness that we used to worship. We don't need to be entrapped by the magic of the Druids anymore. We don't need to live in darkness. We don't need to live in fear and offer the blood of our children to these gods. Because the true God doesn't want slaves. He doesn't want fearful, cringing servants. He wants sons and daughters. And you can become sons and daughters of God if you too are baptized. And Bridget and her sisters were so convincing with their teachings, with their charity, that many Irish men and women came to faith in the true God and were baptized. They were inspired by the example and the ministry of the good sisters. They were amazed by the miracles that Bridget was working. And they came to conversion in the Lord Jesus. And Bridget continued to lead that monastery of sisters for many years until the years passed and she got older and weaker. And eventually, she died in her early 70s of natural causes after a long life served for God and his people, having brought many of her countrymen to God in the process, having worked tirelessly to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the country of Ireland. Now, Bridget was someone who was born a slave, born into captivity, born as the property of someone else, and yet she knew what it was like to be redeemed by a God who loved her as his daughter. She knew what it was like to be ransomed out of that life into a life lived in service of her true king, Jesus. Now, the idea of being redeemed by God is something that Christianity talks about a lot. If you've been around Christians or been in the church for any period of time, you've probably heard about the redemption that Jesus offers. But a lot of people, even faithful Christians, don't understand what that really means, what the deep and profound truth is behind this claim that Jesus redeemed us. To redeem means to buy something back, something that was yours and you lost. And when you redeem it, you buy it back. Scripture also talks about the idea of Jesus ransoming us. And ransom is is something very similar. 
It's basically applying this to a person because you're paying the fine to get back someone who was taken hostage. Kind of like when Bridget was a slave and the lord of that Irish town paid her ransom to her father so that she no longer was a slave. And the whole reason that Jesus came to earth was to ransom us back to God, to redeem us, to bring us back to him. Which begs the question, you might be wondering to yourself, well, what did we need to be ransomed from? Who was holding us hostage? Well, we were being held as a hostage to sin. You see, when we were created, we were created by God to be in a loving relationship with him. We were created by God to belong to him, to live with him forever. But we sinned. We left God. We chose things that were less than him. We sold ourselves to a different master. We sold ourselves into the mastery of sin. We chose to do things that we knew were wrong. We chose to do things that hurt ourselves, hurt others, and hurt our relationship with God. And Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 34, that everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. And you've probably experienced that slavery to sin in your own life. That there are things that you know are wrong and yet you keep choosing to do it. It's like an addiction. It just lures you in. You keep succumbing to the same temptation over and over again. And we have sold ourselves into the mastery under the slavery of the devil. We belonged to him. We belonged to his kingdom. We belong to the kingdom of death, of sickness, of evil. We keep craving what we know is bad for us. We know that it's offensive to God. It brings shame to us, but we keep choosing it in our rebellion towards the Lord. And we couldn't pay the fine back to God that we had brought upon ourselves because of our sin. We had offended an infinite God. Our debt was too much to pay. We were held hostage to sin and we couldn't pay our own ransom. That's why in Psalm chapter 49, it speaks about how no man can ransom himself or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of his life is costly. The cost of our sin was high, too high. We could never pay it on our own. And yet God loved us too much to leave us in that state. He looked down and he saw us trapped in slavery to sin, sold to the kingdom of darkness, and he couldn't stand it. He had to do something to win us back. He loved us too much. And so he sent his son, Jesus, the infinite God came down to earth and became a man so that he could pay our ransom. And that ransom was his blood. When Jesus died on the cross, when he was stretched out between heaven and earth and his blood was poured out, that blood, the infinitely valuable, precious blood of Jesus was the ransom that bought us back for God, that redeemed us. God was able to claim us once more as his own. This is why in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and onward, it says, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. 
Jesus gave his life as a ransom for the whole world, every single human being he loved enough to die for. And now he offers us that free gift of salvation. He offers it to you and to me today. He has paid the price for us to have our relationship to God restored. All we have to do now is accept it, to say yes to this free gift. You are a hostage who has been ransomed from a cruel master. You have had the price that you couldn't pay paid by Jesus so that you no longer need to be a slave to sin. You're free to go, but you actually have to leave. That's why in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. This is the amazing news of Christianity. This is the news that Bridget preached to the Irish people, that God loved us so much that he sent his own son, whom he loved, to die on our behalf and to buy us back for himself. We just celebrated Easter, and at Easter we pray the beautiful, exalted prayer on the night of the Easter Vigil that puts it so beautifully when we prayed to ransom a slave You gave away your son. That is such a powerful truth of Christianity. No other religion professes this, that God gave away his son, Jesus, to ransom a slave. We were slaves, but no longer. Through baptism, we have been transformed from slaves into children of God, which was his plan all along. Bridget was born a slave. She knew what it was like to be abandoned by her father. She knew what it was like to belong to someone else, that she could be abused or mistreated as much as they wanted. And she was powerless. Her dignity was not respected. But she also knew what it meant to be set free. Not only in her literal earthly life when she was freed from earthly slavery, but through her baptism, when she was set free from slavery to sin and adopted by God as his beloved daughter. And so we can pray right now to St. Bridget that we would have that same experience, that same awareness of what it means to be ransomed and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross so that you paid the debt that we could never pay. That your blood was shed so that we could have life. That you came down to die so that we could have our relationship restored with God. So that we could leave behind slavery to sin and become children of God. St. Bridget, help us to imitate you in your generous heart for serving the poor and the hungry. Help us to imitate you in preaching Jesus to our neighbors, just as you preached Jesus to your countrymen, so that all of us can experience the redemption and salvation that Christ offers us, so that we can become saints with you in heaven. St. Bridget of Ireland, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.